Someday, my baby, when I am a man, and others have taught me the best that they can, they'll sell me a suit and cut off my hair and send me to work in tall buildings. So it's goodbye to the sunshine, goodbye to the dew, Goodbye to the flowers and goodbye to you. I'm off to the subway. I must not be late. I'm going to work in tall buildings. Welcome to Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Greetings from beautiful Estes Park, Colorado. What a day, the last 24 hours. Uh, a little bit more than that has been quite uh, quite something. Got a story for you. So I got, the, uh, got a new registration sticker for the car. And I got up yesterday morning and I did my, uh, did my morning writing. I did uh, my morning pages. I did a little... You know, paid some bills, had some tea, looked at the uh, looked at the sun coming up, and just kind of chilled, you know, in the morning time. And I thought, hey, I got the I got the new sticker. I should go put it on the put it on the car while I'm thinking about it. Well, it's kind of cool. And it was, yeah, the sun had come up, so it was that kind of dawn moment. You know, not too bright, not too dark, but just a very peaceful time. And I, you know, sitting out on the porch, I saw a, a herd of elk that were wandering through the backyard. Uh, I saw several moms and several babies, and I did not see a buck, which, you know, you usually see one hanging around on the fringes, at least with his, uh, with his harem, with his, uh, with his females. But I didn't see one. Uh, anyway, at any rate, it's crucial, semi-crucial. Anyway, went out to put the sticker on. <clears throat> Got my shoes on, went outside, and uh, you know, cleaned off the uh, cleaned off the plate so the sticker would stick. And I saw down the driveway that a, a, a doe and and her child, her uh, um, I don't know what do you call baby elk, a baby elk or a teenage elk, I guess, a younger had walked down the driveway and were standing by the road looking to decide which way they were going to go or head out to town or whatever else, which is kind of common. And I thought, okay, well, it's good I didn't come out when she was passing by because, I mean, the elk, they look docile. They look real, you know, real calm, but they're not. (laughs) They really aren't. They're very high-strung, and they are wild animals, and they're bigger than you might imagine, and uh, I've heard lots of stories of uh, tourists that got too close. But she was far down the driveway, and so I thought, okay, it's all good. It's all fine. I'm not a threat. I'm far enough away. And so I got down, uh, hunched down to, uh, to put the sticker on, and I heard hooves coming, like, beside the car, like, pretty, pretty close by. And I thought, oh, okay, that's not, that's not optimal you know and so I looked up 
and there was the buck. And he was huge, and he had a massive rack of antlers, and uh, we were not three feet apart. And I looked up right into his face and instantly panicked, just everything, just nerves on edge. I, I, you know, the whole fight or flight thing, and I was not, I was not about to fight uh, a, a bull elk. Um, so I stood up, and I guess I stood up too fast, like stood up to turn and, and you know, not exactly run, but get into the house as quickly as I could. And in standing up, I lost my balance. I fell into the garbage can. And both me and the garbage can went to the ground. And I went down hard. I landed hard on my knee. I, uh, I lost a little skin there. Uh, you know, crashed down on my shoulders. Just, just me and the and the and the trash can right down to the to the pavement. And uh, I guess lucky for me, this startled the uh, the elk in just the right way, and he turned. Well, he backed up first because he was beside the car and couldn't really turn around. But he backed up quickly and whipped around and, and ran in the opposite direction. And I was just laying there going, you know, he could have decided he could have decided that he was going to fight because there's a there's a, a, a female and a child nearby. So he could have just as easily decided that I was a threat and come after me. But I laid there and, and just hurt for a little while <laughs> and, uh, you know, pulled my pride up off the ground and limped back inside and cleaned up my scrapes and all the other and uh, and you know went on with my day but that's uh that's not the optimal way to, to to start your day it shook me up pretty hard um but you know i walked away from it I wasn't badly hurt just welcome to estes park welcome to the rocky mountains these these kind of things i suppose are uh to be expected so went on, got some got some lunch, and while I'm at lunch, I got an email. Now, for those of you I have not told this story to or haven't aren't privy to the information, uh, I was an adopted child. Both me and my sister were adopted from different families. She's five years younger from, than me. Uh, I was adopted in 1965, and I have known for. Uh, as, as long as I can remember, I've known I was adopted. My mother uh, made sure that uh, that I was aware uh, of that fact. I, I'm not really entirely sure why it was important that she pointed out to me, but I was told, and I and I got you know uh, later on when I was a teenager, I got a, a sheet of like what my my birth family's. Um, medical history was so I could be aware you know of uh, of those things that might be hereditary and my mother bought me several shirts and different things when I was young when I was you know uh, five six seven on up that said uh, I am adopted I was not expected I was selected that's 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 cool 
Um, well, anyway, I had the shirts, and, and it, it seemed like all through my teenage years there was always a new one. Um, she, she was kind of proud of the fact that they had adopted me. And, you know, that, that pride rubbed off on me as well. Uh, a little bit different, you know. Now, different is great, but it sure isn't pretty. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so um, there's, there's always a curiosity, I suppose, among adopted children about their lineage or their parentage or what the story is behind the story. Um, and, and I mentioned it to my mother a few times when I was a teenager, and it, it always hurt her feelings. It always made her cry. It always made her very upset that I would even, you know, bring up the idea that I might want to know who my birth parents were. And one of the things she would say was, they, they abandoned you. They gave up on you. They didn't want you. We wanted you. We, we, we're the ones that, that uh, picked you out. Uh, there's another story about, uh, uh, I, I don't know why, the, the, the society that, I was, uh, that, was, that handled my adoption, when my parents, when my, yeah, when my parents came to view uh, me, uh, for whatever reason, they put me in a dress. Um, that might explain a few other things, but uh, no, I was in a dress, and my mom loved to help, loved to tell the story where they 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 thought I was a girl. They thought that there had been a mistake made, and so the you know the nurses you know proved that I was uh, male, and uh, and all all was well. And around, and it was uh, 2010, 2011, uh, I found a website uh, adopted uh, for, for adopted children and parents who had given up their children for adoption. And if you signed up for this website, you put in your, you know, where you were born, the date you were born, approximate time if you knew it, and, and I did. And then if both the birth parent, either one of them, and the child both signed up in that registry, uh, they would match you up. They would see if, you know, is, is this in fact, you know, and, and allow them to reunite or at least talk to each other or, or, or whatever, whatever your intentions are. And at some point around 2010, 2011, I signed up and promptly forgot about it. You know, I, I, I'm sure I waited a few months to see if there was a a match, and I never got noticed there was a match. And so I kind of forgot about it, went on with my life. And so many other things happen in life that the identity of my birth parents has never really been a distraction. And I guess I never really cared enough to go on a quest about it. And also... You know, my mother's reaction to whenever I would bring it up also kind of made me lose interest. You know, I got other things. I have children of my own. I have a career. I have other other distractions, other well, life happening. And then yesterday I got an email from uh, my birth mother. And... There were enough details in the email that she sent me that uh, I believe it. Um, 
and uh, she is 74 years old now. And one of the big, I'm one of the big regrets of her life. And she's had other children uh, since then, but she's always wondered about me and uh, wants to meet me. And I, I don't know how to feel about that. I'll tell you how I feel about it. Initially, it, it made me very sick. It made me, it's just like someone had spun me around and I got dizzy and, and nauseous and, uh, and kind of creeped out all at the same time. And I haven't responded. And the way that the, uh, the way that the, the app, the website, the whatever is set up is that she doesn't have my contact information. She wrote a letter via the app, and they forwarded it to me. And so, like, the ball is in my court. I can identify myself. I can, I can give permission to have myself known to her, like she has made herself known to me. Or I can ignore it. And I don't know what to do. Um, I... Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, that, that's where it's standing right now. I, it's, it's very, well, it triggered a real hardcore bout of depression. And so I'm at a very low point right now. And, uh, not sure what I'm going to do about it. I don't, uh, I don't have an answer for you right now. I, I honestly am, am kind of at a, at an impasse of, Curiosity and absolute dread. I lost the woman that I know as my mother in 1992. And I don't, it does not feel fair somehow that this stranger now wants to come into my life after 58 years and, uh, and what? And, what, what, what do we have to say to each other? Here's my life. Here are pictures of the children that I kept. Here's, here's my life, and here's what I did without you. And I don't know how to feel about that. I have a very fascinating, amazing life that she started by giving me up. She could have killed me. She could have kept me. And everything in the world would be very different. But because of the life that she first gave me and then gave up on, I'm here in an incredible place and I've led an incredible life and had an incredible journey. What does she want? When I retire, my life is my own. I made all the payments, it's time to go home. And wonder what happened betwixt and between when I went to work in tall buildings. I never did that. 
I never succumbed to peer pressure, parental pressure, societal pressure to have a, quote, real job. I stayed on the stage. I moved furniture so I could stay on the stage. I ran film so I could stay on the stage. Busted my ass so I could stay on the stage. And I wouldn't change that, any of that, for anything. So it's goodbye to the sunshine, goodbye to the dew, and goodbye to flowers, and goodbye to you. I'm off to the subway, I must not be late, I'm going to work in tall buildings. I hope there's love where you are.